Okay, Psalms 1. I want to read verses 1 through 6. So the entire chapter. Normally that'd be a little more intimidating. We're starting a new series tonight. And we're, we're going to call this a new season. We're going to focus through the month of January on growing in spiritual maturity. Um, I can tell you, I don't ever want to stop growing and, and spiritually maturing. I, I, want, I want the Lord to keep working on me. And I feel, I feel really good and clear direction for this series, for what God wants to do in our lives and for us individually. You know, if it happens well for us individually, then it will benefit us collectively as a body. So Psalms 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. A lot of S's there. But his delight is in what? The law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. It's a very intentional statement there. Bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His fruit. That's why you cannot compare with other people. The Lord knows what we need when we need it. We're not to compare ourselves amongst ourselves. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff, which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment. He goes on here, the psalmist, to write under the inspiration of the Spirit of God, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish, shall perish. So, so this first night, our first lesson here in January, uh, we're going to talk about daily devotion. Daily devotion. Now, I, I can tell you already, I have done daily devotion for years, decades, and I want to know more about it. So if, if when I say daily devotion and you think, oh my goodness, we, we know about daily devotion, then this is going to be a great refresher. But there are many people in this room still, as much as you go to church, you do not have a consistent daily devotion with the Lord. You don't have a, you don't have a consistent time when you pray that's undistracted and unhindered. And for a lot of us, it's simply because it's not a part of our structured lifestyle. How many believes he deserves the best of us, not the rest of us? He deserves, he's given us his best, hasn't he? So let's pray and ask God to help us here tonight, and then I'll allow you to be seated. Lord, we love you. We're thankful for our time in your house. We understand that we are desperately dependent upon you. We cannot make it without communion with you, communication through our prayer and interacting with the Word of God. We have to have your Word on a regular basis in our life. I pray that you'd help me to teach with wisdom here tonight and that our hearts and minds would be open and ready to receive it, that you might be exalted in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And let everybody say amen. amen. There will be some notes there. If, if you're in the Church Center app, you can be seated. You're, you're welcome to look along with those if you are interested um, 
and we can make these full notes available as always to anybody that wants these. We're gonna deal with a lot of scriptures tonight in our Bible study, but I think it's important. So for those that like to go along and, and, and travel and traverse the pages with me, turn right over in your Bible over to the 119th chapter. While you're turning there, I wanna reiterate what we've just read, the introduction to the book of Psalms here. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. Ladies and gentlemen, as believers, as elementary as this might sound, we need to daily consider where we are finding our validation. We have to do this. We've got to find our validation from our time in prayer and in the word of God. There is nothing, there is nothing that gets to supersede this book. There's nothing that gets to take precedent over this holy writ in our life. Psalm 119, I want to read here verses 9 through 11. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? It's a question here, and then it's answered by taking heed thereto according to thy word. The next, the next uh, scripture here, it's, it's really critical. If these aren't underlined in your Bible, they would be good ones to get underlined. With my whole heart have I sought thee. Let's, let's stop. Let's take a pause there. And if each one of us honestly had to put our life today alone through that filter, could we say yes to that statement? Could I say that? Could I say that with my whole heart that I have sought the Lord? Now, you made it to church, and, and this is, uh, I don't, the last thing I want to do, you've been faithful on a Wednesday night, the last thing I want to do is, is act like that doesn't matter. I want you to know it matters. And I will tell you, we notice if you're not here. I don't always call because people need to be allowed to be normal and know, I want to be your pastor, not your policeman. Amen. And part of spiritual maturity that we're talking about is, uh, I, I do appreciate, I can tell you, people say, what do you think? We, we're leaving town. Is it right that we let you or one of the pastoral team know? I always say, absolutely. We want to pray for you. No one can ever say that they were leaving. And I told them, I don't want you to leave, but I love to cover you in prayer. I'm accountable. I love to be accountable to the house of the Lord. But just showing up for church or being a part of church attendance by itself doesn't mean I, I have sought the Lord. How many know that we can show up for church and there can be people all over the place having a touch of God, worshiping the Lord, and someone could just as easily sit there with their arms folded? Okay? Some of us in this room along the way, we've dealt with this with young people, with young adults, and they, they were here, but they weren't here. Right? I don't want to just be in the church. I want to be in his presence. With my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. If we were writing that, you know, I would want to write from thy blessings. I don't want to wander from your blessings. Commandment seems like a tough, a tough line to use there, but it, it's, the, it's the correct word. I, I don't want to wander from thy commandments. Thy word, this is the one we always do quote, and we, we have heard quote it, but it's attached to these other, thy word have I hid in my heart. Why? That I might not sit. Hey, 
whether you are a brand new believer in the Lord or whether you have been living for him for, you just, you were raised. There are people in this room, you were raised in the church. Some of you used to count gum underneath the pews. You were, you know, your parents, some of you put gum under. But the truth is, it doesn't, it, it doesn't matter whether you've been raised in the church or whether you're new to the church. The amazing thing about this book is whoever wants to hide it. And can I even tell you this? There's a difference between memorization and application. Ooh. There's a difference between, I, I, we had an interaction, I was preaching in Michigan this last week, and, and, and one of uh, our incredible IBC team, there were some that were there, they were promoting the college, and a, a belligerent individual that was not with our group, not connected, came and began to give them a hard time and started quoting a few verses completely out of context, and the amazing trained Bible college students that they were, they said, sir, you're, you're completely out of context, but he was trying to rattle them, to which I would respond, as true believers, our job is not to be able to quote, it's to be able to live. Do I think we should be able to quote some scriptures? I think, it, I think we should. I think we should be able to, to not just ingest and, and, and digest and process, but I think we should be able to quote and speak. You know, it's good when, when fear comes against you for you to be able to say, God hasn't given me a spirit of fear, but power and love. And you're able to call and combat. And, and we know as believers, there is nothing greater to combat the wiles of the enemy than the word of God. The word of God in the name of Jesus. And so, and so the ability to quote that. But the psalmist says here, Thy word have I hid in my heart for the primary reason that I might not sin. I don't want to sin against you. It's not simply so that I'll be blessed. I don't want to sin against God. I think a tough question for everyone in the room, maybe to consider if we do some introspection, would be, are there things I do simply because I think it would keep me from heaven versus are there things I would not do simply because it doesn't please the heart of God? I've lost track of how many times I've been asked this question. Brother Gallion, I'm sure you're in the same boat here. Will this really send me to hell? Like, that's the question. How about this? It's not a will it send me. Does it please the heart of God? Does it make the heart of God happy? I remember uh, Scott Graham many years ago preaching. I was just a, a young minister, and he got up at a youth congress and began to, to preach and begin to minister. And he said, you, based on what you watch, and he was talking to the young people, he said, you have based it completely on a rating rather than content. He said, the question should not even be, reduce it from that, is it a heaven or hell? But does it please God? Well, where do I find that? Well, it's in his word, and I've got to hide it in my heart. I've got to get this into my heart. So let's take a look. I want to really look at the why. Why, why, why? Now, for some in this room, you're like, well, it's obvious. Well, you can't take me to the scripture that says, thou must haveth daily devotion. Okay? You can't take me there. But we can travel back, and I'd like for us to do this briefly into Genesis chapter 1, and we can take a look 
at Genesis 1, 27 and 28 that say God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. And God blessed them and God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply, replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over it, over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. So listen, his design of mankind, we've just read from scripture, God created man in whose image? In whose image? In his own image. And yet only two chapters later, we read Genesis 3, 8, and 9, they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. And the Lord called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? We learn in the early first three chapters of the book, God has created man in his image, and in his image he longs for communion with creation. He wants your time. It's a really humbling statement to actually think about. Brother Scott, minister for so many years, but even if this was your first Wednesday night in a church, I could look at you and tell you with assurance, he wants your time. Ladies and gentlemen, that's humbling. The God of all the universe is interested in time with his creation. Now, I believe we are his creation. I believe we are imperfect beings serving a perfect God. And I will go a little step further and I will tell you, I think he deserves our time. Yes, he deserves our time. I don't want to get so busy in this life, so busy with things that, that I, I lose track that he deserves my time. He desired that with Adam and Eve. So let's trace this forward. We're talking about the God of creation and, and, and um, I want to trace this into the New Testament to try to make sense of this a little bit before we go too far forward. John 1 and 1. Many of us in this room can quote it, but if not, it says, in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. Verse 14, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory the glory as of the only begotten of the father full of what full of grace and truth thank god for the truth he was truth but grace and thank god that grace is there because the our reading of this text is the reminder that in our humanity we can be fickle and we can be up and down but he was born there of grace and truth. Verse 15, John bare witness of him and cried, saying, This was he of whom I spake. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. John is giving revelation of this. He was before me. We know that, that the conversation is going to come. Christ is going to have this very conversation when they're going to look at him and say, Wait a minute, what about Abraham? And he's going to say, Before Abraham was I am. It's going to be revelatory, but John's already tuned into that. Verse 16, and of his fullness have all we received and grace for grace, for the law was given by Moses, but, but grace and truth by Jesus Christ. 
Track with me a little bit here. Go over to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. I know some of you are just enjoying the screen. Luke 2, verses 43 to 49. And when they had fulfilled the days as they returned, the child Jesus tarried behind in Jerusalem, and Joseph and his mother knew not of it. If you've never tied these two concepts together, I want you to tie these concepts together. I want you to tie together the concept of God coming searching for Adam and Eve in the garden. I want you to tie that together here with Luke chapter 2. Do we believe here that, that Jesus Christ was in fact God manifest in the flesh? If you don't, the Bible is, is, is clear about this truth. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And that Word, we just read about it in verse 14, became flesh. So now we jump to Luke chapter 2. That flesh has begun to grow. It's become 12 years old. The, the Christ child is now the Christ almost teenager. I almost said, Lord, help us. but. And when they had fulfilled that, those days as they returned, the child Jesus tarried behind in Jerusalem. Joseph and his mother knew not of it. But they, supposing him to have been in company, went a day's journey. They sought him among their kinsfolk and acquaintance. And when they found him not, they turned back again to Jerusalem, seeking him, seeking him. When you feel like you have lost him, you seek him differently. I think one of the greatest fears for the modern apostolic is we almost feel like it's impossible to lose him. We have heard so much about his omnipresence that we think we can't slip away from him. But people that have ever felt what it means to walk away from God and not feel his presence is strong can rest assured and can witness. You don't want to be away from the presence of God. You don't want to be away. You don't want to feel like you're lost and undone. I've talked to so many people that said, I don't know how I got this far. You don't want to slide out. And they begin to seek him and they're, they're looking for him. The Bible says it came to pass, verse 46. And it came to pass that after three days they found him in the temple. He's sitting in the midst of the doctors. He's hearing them. He's asking them questions. He's in communion about the word. He is, he is there engulfed in conversation and, and, and deep religious conversation. And all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and his answers. And when they saw him, they, they were amazed. And his mother said unto him, Son, why, why hast thou thus dealt with us? Behold, thy father and I, we have sought thee sorrowing. And he said unto them, how is it that ye sought me? Wist ye not that I must be about my father's business? And I want to take that tied together with Genesis 1 and Genesis 3. And I want to ask a question that I believe is from the heartbeat of God to our church in this month of January. How are you seeking him? Come on, genuinely. How are you seeking him? I'm not asking if you're coming faithfully to church. Please, men of God, hear me right now. How are you seeking him? I'm, how are you seeking him outside of the context of 902 Fletcher? If you're going to be a real man of God, we've got to seek him every day. If you're going to be a real Holy Ghost filled woman of God, you've got to seek him every day. And devotion cannot be like punching a time card so we can say, I prayed my five minutes. Or I signed into the Zoom. 
That's not how this works. What, would the, what, what is the final judgment that we're looking for? We're looking for him to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. That's what we're looking for. But one of the greatest, what I would call scares of Scripture or cautions of the text is when he, when he has to tell us that some people are going to say, wait a minute, we even cast out devils. And what would the statement be? Depart from me what? I didn't really know you. You knew about me, but you didn't know what it was to crawl into the hidden place with God. I want to know what it is to feel his presence move in my home on a daily basis. I want there to be warm, salty tears that flow down the, the cheeks of individuals in this room as you are in your home seeking God. The the combat of the enemy that we talked about here on Sunday night and then we're pushing forward in this room on this Wednesday night is that we need a touch of God every single day. And I've got good news for you. He is already looking for you. If you will just, if we will just look for him. If we'll just seek him. Does anybody in this room still believe he's as close as the mention of his name. I was raised on this principle. I remember my grandmother saying, Josh, you can call on his name. And over the years, there have been times I didn't know what to do. I, I just said, Jesus, Jesus. I don't know what to do, but I was taught and I feel his presence move into that room. And I'm telling you, it doesn't matter if you're the only one in your family that lives for God, or maybe you've been living for God for a long time, but you don't feel joy at your home like you're supposed to. I admonish somebody, walk through your house with your Bible open. I know people in this room right now I could call up that when, when they go home, they just open the Bible and they tell the devil, read that instead of bother me. I'm good with that. Because I got news for you. He knows this word better than we do. He knows this word. And this word is true. And God is seeking us. And the question is, are we seeking God? And if we're seeking God, how are we seeking God? Is my routine such that every day, every day I'm, I'm trying to get intertwined with his presence? Not in comparison. I'm going to say something here right now. Not in comparison with someone else. Well, they didn't even sign into Zoom prayer. They, they didn't even, they don't even. More prayer will never give you a badge of arrogance. More genuine prayer gives us humility. It makes us to be more like him. It's not about how polished and how eloquent I've talked about this before, but it, it feels right to mention this right now. You should never be intimidated to pray out loud. There's people that on a regular basis, you don't want to pray out loud because you hear them praying and they pray like they should be recording the, the King James Version of the Bible. Our Father. And you're over here like, Lord Jesus. Hey, we're not in competition with each other. We're in unison with one another. We ought to learn while we're together at church. 
I challenge you, in fact, if, if we go into a time of prayer and they're praying through the mic and people are praying around you, this is a safe place to lift up your voice and just pray to the best of your ability and grow in that communication, to grow in that conversation. One of the things that we do in child education, especially when a younger child has older siblings, teachers will have to work with them and parents will have to be intentional not to let the siblings do the talking for them. Many of you, that, that I say that and it's like, oh yeah, I've heard that before. What we've got to be careful in the church is that we don't expect others to do our talking for us. Husbands are like, well, I'm not demonstrative, but she's a, she prays for us and he knows, he knows me. Okay, well, he can handle the rough you. It's okay if your prayer time's just like, God, I, I love you and I'm not, I'm, you know, I don't know how to run this together real good, but I'm, I'm asking your presence to move into my... Well, that's not impressive. Yes, it is. Because you're not, you're not praying to tickle the ears of your spouse and you're not praying to tickle the ears of some onlooker. You're just trying to say, I want you to know if you're seeking me, I'm seeking you. If you actually, the God of all the universe, want a little time with me, I would be foolish to not tell you, I want time with you. I might not be able to articulate it well, but I want you to know I love, you know, I challenge you this every day, intentionally say, I love you. I love you. I got some shortcomings, but I love you. Spending time building that communication with the Lord, it has to be daily. It has to be daily. It has to be daily. Well, I don't, I, don't, I, don't know. I don't know that it has to be daily. Well, it does. Matthew chapter 4. Let's trace his life forward just a little bit now. Matthew 4, the life of Christ, verses 1 through 4. Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit in the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. That is a terrible, it starts so good. Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit, powerful, into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, you talk about going from bad to worse. He was afterward and hungered, and when the tempter came to him, he said, if thou be the Son of God. Because we know again, we know again, we just traced Genesis, remember? We just traced Genesis to Luke. Now let's trace that same subtle tempter to Matthew chapter 4. It started with the introduction of question, hath God said? It comes back again, now revealed in the life of Christ. The same God that desires communion now manifest in the flesh. The first question from Satan comes through the lens of, if thou be the Son of God, prove it. Command that these stones be made bread. Verse 4, but he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Here's what I know would change Calvary Tabernacles Bible digestion. If we considered his word as critical as physical food. Well, that's impossible to most of us because we are just human beings and we have flesh and, and our stomach growls. Some of us don't even ever let our stomach get far enough to growl. I, I feel like a growl's coming. 
so preemptively. It is my duty. For some of us, we eat at the same times, and so your, your, your natural instinct, your internal clock, so to speak, is telling it's time. It's time to eat. What if our spirits would begin to growl? I will tell you, I think they do, but we don't often identify them because we live in a world that constantly tries to feed junk food to spiritual desires. So when the spirit is growling for us to be in his word or to spend time in his presence, instead we push play on something to dissolve that hunger away. We all know that it's, the, it's a statement, especially since mainly it's adults in this room. Almost every parent has done what you said you never would do and you've used lines that your parents used on you. <laughs> can remember my parents saying things. And I, I thought to myself, Brother Titus, I thought, I'll never say that. Hmm. Like this one. Don't eat that, you'll spoil your dinner. I can remember being a teenager thinking, there's no possible way. I promise you, I won't spoil my dinner with that. It's not, I'll eat everything that you put on the table. I will go back for seconds. I will make it a matter of determination. But I have found myself with boys. I'm just going to take a shot at the boys. No girls. But I'm going to take a shot at the boys. Boys are like bottomless pits. I feel like we need prayer. Felt something sweep in the room. But I have now been guilty. I've done it even this week and it's only Wednesday. Just don't eat that. Mom's making it. Don't eat that. And they look at me like there's no possible way. And what I'm really saying is, I dealt with it, you deal with it. <laughs> put it back. I don't care if you're going to eat all your dinner, put it back. We know what it is to, to do that and to have those fleshly cravings and those desires. I think God wants us to get tuned into our spiritual cravings. To tune in to the spirit man and not be so caught up feeding this physical Man, and I'm going to tell you one of the ways we do that, whether it's fun or not, is through fasting. Okay? Now, you can fast a lot of things, and we're going to talk about some of it Sunday night. Now, don't skip service because I said that. <laughs> I didn't know if I could make it. I'm already, I'm feeling something. No. It'll be within the confines of what you can do. There's a lot of things we can give up, but, but fasting food and pushing away the plate, desiring to be in the presence of God. What did the prophet say in Isaiah chapter 40? Isaiah 40 verse 31, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew what? They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk. When? If they will just wait on the Lord. I'm asking you, before you make a big decision, wait on the Lord. Before you make a career decision, Wait on the Lord. Before you, before you make a marriage decision, wait on the Lord. Well, how do I wait on the Lord? In my daily time with him. I need time in my day that's not carved out for the gym, time in my day that's not carved out for work, time in my, hey, I'm gonna give you a good one. Time in your day that's not carved out for your kids or your grandkids 
or your sister's kids or what you just take that and run with it. First Peter 2 and 2, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. We cling to that at every level. I come back to that illustration from a few minutes ago, whether your first night or whether decades in, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word. You know what I think one of the greatest testimonies about our church would be is that when people come here, they want to learn more about the word of God. Not, wow, their music is great, and I want them to think that. Or, man, that was good preaching. I hope that they can enjoy the preaching, but I hope that their interaction with the body makes them say, I want to learn what it is that makes those people those people. What is it about them? It ought to be that the fruit of the Spirit are on display, and their interaction with us makes them say, wait a minute, I want to dive into the Word on a daily basis. You don't you don't mature out of this need to come back to the wheel every day and say, this is just my time with you. Well, my life is so busy. I know it is. I get, I understand busy. Me and busy have been going steady for a lot of years. But if you think you're so busy, you can't pray. Something's got to come off the schedule. Something has got to come off the schedule. Hebrews 5, the graduation of this, Hebrews 5, 12 and 13. For when the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles, the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe, but strong meat belongeth to them that are what? of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. He, sincere milk is good, but you know, there has to be a graduation to where we desire more and deeper things of God and we grow in the word of God. I don't want us to be a, I, I don't want us to be, and you don't want to be individuals that we just want to chug some milk and keep it light and just preach some prosperity or something. Let's shout a few minutes and no one's really changed. It tastes good, but there's no long-lasting substance. We need to grow from our time in the Word. How many remember that he told the disciples when they came into Samaria in John chapter 4 after he had sent them away and the Bible says he must needs go through Samaria. When the disciples show up and they're irritated, he's speaking to this woman from Samaria. He said, I have meat to eat that ye know not of. I believe there are parts of him that we have not tapped into. Depths in God. How many know we cannot exhaust the depths of God? It's the why. It's the why. It's the necessary why. So I want to take just a few minutes and talk about the practical side of then how. Because I don't think there's anyone in this room that's just sitting back and be like, nah, I don't, I don't want it. I rarely come across people that are like, I just don't want to spend time with God. But the average person deals with, that's great, good teaching. You're the pastor, you probably should pray. But for me, as a regular guy or a regular lady, you're asking the question, but how? How do I do this? So I'm going to talk a little bit. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 17, very convicting verse, pray without ceasing. 
to which I want to tell the mature Christians in this room, the, the, the mature believers, I believe that you can stay in prayer. Even when I'm driving? Yep. Even when you're walking? Even when you're at work? Yeah. Well, how do I focus? I'm not, I'm not saying you're completely focused in, but I, I'm going to tell you this. You don't have to be in a prayer closet of intercession to still have a prayerful heart and a prayerful spirit. Our first response, please let me say this and please let it be heard as not elementary, but as revelatory as it actually is. Our first response to everything should be prayer. Everything. Our first response to a headache should be prayer, not Tylenol. Oh, here he goes. He's going to get on medicine. Not at all. Not at all. But if it's your first response, it's your primary God to the situation. My first response to everything is, God, you're able. I've heard people say, well, I don't want to bother God with that. I, I don't think you can. I know I don't got it all figured out, but I'm pretty sure he's okay. Didn't you? Never mind, I'm not going to say. We were going to talk about. Listen, we know what it's like to get some fun prayer requests. Okay? Some people want to pray for some things that you're not even, you've never prayed about before. I'm not sure how far I want to take this. I'm already there, right? I'm already, okay. We've had people want their pets anointed. We've, I've never anointed a pet, but... We have people that, anyway, I, I don't want to. My best friend would tell me if it's personal to you, it's personal to him. To which I would just tell you, just let's try to keep it in the book though. Let's try to keep it in the book. Pray without ceasing. You precious elders and saints of God, can I tell you that the days of walking through our home and driving down the road and say, oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. And riding, a younger person riding along with you and out of nowhere, you saying things, oh, bless God. Please don't let that go out of style with your generation. Please, please keep passing that along. We need that desperately. And to the middle-aged couples in this room, I'm asking you, introduce that in your home. Introduce that. Just freak your kids out. Driving down the road, beautiful sunny day. You don't have to, just let them hear you talk to God. Take what you're thinking and say it out loud. Just thank you God for this beautiful day. If that's weird in our homes, okay, I'm gonna get on the candy stick here for a second. If that's weird in our homes, where do we think that is happening? I don't want some, I don't want some pseudo-believer that doesn't even know the power of the Holy Ghost and the true power of His presence to have more readily available upon their lips praise and... We who are children of God who have repented and He's washed away our sins and we've been buried in the only saving name. But beyond that, we've been filled with His Spirit that spirit that longs to commune. There's got to be something inside of us that just whether it seems appropriate for the setting or not, we just say, blessed be the name of the Lord. To God be the glory for the things he's done. So how, how do I do that? I would tell you part of that practice is to simply begin doing it. You cannot build a routine out of what you refuse to begin. 
well, I don't know if I'll be able to stick with it, so I'm not gonna, try, try it. I'm not asking you to have a different personality. I'm asking you to be the best Holy Ghost version of you. So daily routines, realistic practices that can be repeated. Please, no one leave here tonight that doesn't, you don't consistently pray 10 minutes and you get in the car and you're like, that's it, three hours a day. Moving, your wife's in the seat next to you going, mm-hmm, okay, baby. And what she's thinking is, yeah, right. I'm not asking you to, to start something, a practice that can't be repeated. I'm saying if you don't have a consistent place, if you normally get up at, at 6 a.m. And you, and you don't have any space in there, any margin in your life, then I'm saying tomorrow morning, just set the alarm for 5.45 and give those first 15 minutes. Give those first 15 minutes. And some people in the room, I felt it right there. 15 minutes, that's 15 minutes can do a whole lot to get that process started, but you've got to do it in a time that's sustainable. I had, I had a person tell me one, one time, they were like, I just can't read the Bible. Every time I read the Bible, I fall asleep. And at first I said, I've been there. And then I said, well, when are you reading the Bible? And they're like, well, I read at night. I was like, so when? Like, well, when I get ready for bed, and I crawl into bed, I... I said, mm, mm, mm. I was like that little kid in the classroom wanting to get called up. Mm, mm, mm. I know why you're falling asleep. It's revelatory. You're in bed to go to sleep. Your body is like it's sleepy time. You're getting caught up in the hithers and the thithers and the begats and the, and thou sleepeth. So read it at a time when you're able to read it and process it. There've got to be practical goals for achievement to accomplish this daily. Structured prayer needs to be a part of this. You've heard me teach this year on structured prayer. We're going to focus more on it in weeks to come, but I want to give you some basics. The tabernacle plan, prayer guides available on world network of prayer, armor of God prayer. I will tell you this for people on the Zoom prayer, when, I, when I'm able and when I join the Zoom prayer, and I know there's people in this room, you don't join the Zoom prayer that's there as an opportunity because you're in your personal devotion. But when I feel prompted and I'm on that Zoom prayer and I peek in on those days during that time, Sister Tiller, I simply intentionally prayed those slides because I love the structure of them. I love the guide of them. Wait a minute, all I'm doing is reading and praying over what's in front of me. Yeah. Well, that doesn't seem very deep. You're a human talking to God. It's pretty deep. We've made this so, we've made this so overwhelming. Like I, it has to be some, it's just you talking to God and hell hates it. Because if you can get this flesh under subjection in a simple structured way, then you can repeat it. Structured devotionals. Bible book studies, topical studies. There's some, there's some, uh, there's some apps. I, I want to go to, let me go to these apps, okay? If you've got an iPhone or a Android phone, you can, you can use, you can utilize these apps. I got, um, how many have ever heard of this 
basketball player that used to play. His name was Michael Jordan. You guys ever heard of him? Good old Mike. I found myself this week in preparation. I went back through his, his routine after he was already considered the greatest. After he was already considered the greatest. Brother Faulkner, he went in and introduced a whole new workout regime before their days uh, practices and events where they were going to be forced to do it at 5 a.m. This guy's an NBA player considered by me and other people that are right, the greatest of all time. <laughs> Sneaky. But every morning before he went, he had a group of players that would meet at his home his home, and from 5 to 7 a.m., they would work out exhaustively. It, it, it followed. It, I won't take time, but I, I could tell you, I could give it to you, and if you want the notes, you can have them. Talks about his workout plan. It talks about his diet plan, and then his intense. So what's that matter? Here's what I think it matters. If he's doing that to get a ball through a hoop, I'm doing this to get this soul and every other soul that I can in my family to heaven. I, God forbid that there, and, and it'll happen tomorrow. It'll happen tomorrow. We're, we're, we're not in baseball season, but somewhere tomorrow, there'll be a 14-year-old that crawls out of bed at 4.30 or 5 in the morning, and they'll get up and they'll begin going through an incredible routine because they downloaded Aaron Judges or Derek Jeters or somebody's workout routine, and they're going to get up in the morning, and they're going to spend from 4.30 or 5 in the morning before they ever go to school, and they're going to... I want our kids hungry for the things of God. But I know that our kids cannot be hungry for the things of God if we as the adults are not. Is that okay? It is the truth. It, it, it's what we've got to have. It's what we've got to hear. So let's look, at these, let's look at these slides for a moment and I'll let you go. You have the ability to place like Holy Bible. I'm, I'm showing you this is an app that I use on a regular basis. Go to the next slide if you will. You can find and follow reading plans. I love this. Some people, somehow when I tell this, some people still never know that, that, that your phone will read the Bible to you. Woo! If you, don't, if you don't know this, that's a win. And yes, I love King James Version. But if you don't understand it, I'm okay with you listening to a version you get. Just fact check it. Make sure it's a translation, not a transliteration. Okay, like, anyway. You can read, you can highlight the text, which goes with our journaling portion. I said, I think she'd be okay with me saying this. I sat in the home with Sister Ransom this morning. Many of you have been praying for her. She's been sick in her body. And, and um, I sat and I listened to her story and stories today and her and Brother Ransom and Brother Barkus went with me. We were there. It, was that a, just a powerful time really in the Holy Ghost and listening to those stories and she began to talk about journaling and writing down dreams and visions and, and the things that she had kept over the years and even talking about different times of tongues and interpretation of tongues and the writing down and the recording of those things. Here's the deal. God is still giving visions and dreams God is still speaking. Something he's doing on a regular basis is giving miracles. When he does a miracle in your life, I want to challenge you. In your devotion, journal that. Write that down. 
There's testimonies all over this house that could tell you we go back to that journal in a low season and we remember, wait a minute, he's still a healer. He's still a financial provider. He's still a deliverer. Journal and waiting on the Lord is a part of that daily devotion. You can read, you can highlight in the app. Let's go to the next. You can connect with, some of you are like, well, I'm not interested in that. That's fine. That's fine. And if your kids are on it, I will tell you, I don't think they should connect with strangers, even on the Bible app. <laughs> not everyone that says they're a believer is a believer. Stand with me. I know the land of gear needs to come down here. How do I do it? You begin tomorrow. Well, you know, I, I really didn't need to come tonight. I, I already, I am so deep theologically. Okay. Well, you get a pass. If you're deep theologically, then I want to tell you this. Then do some word studies. Do some character studies. Dive into the chronological order. Get into the truth of text. But I promise you this. I promise you this is a godly attribute. More time with him will never make you arrogant about more time with him. More time with him, more pure time with him will make you more like him. I want to be more like him. God, I know I'm I know what my role is here tonight, and I just want to talk to you for a moment from me to you in front of these people that are precious enough to be here on a Wednesday night. And I want to tell you that I want to grow in you. I want to spend more time in your word. I want to spend more time simply in your presence. I want my daily devotion to remain and be consistent. I don't want things to infringe upon that time. I want you to be able to meet me in the darkness of that room. Oh. I pray for men and women in this room right now that are committing to daily devotion that you would give them the strength that's necessary. That they would carve out the appropriate start to their day. That they would, that they would make sure that you are the bookend of their life. That they start their day with you and end their day with you. We, we want that, God. I want that. I want that. In fact, I know that I need that. Because I don't, I don't want to sin. I, I don't want things in my life that are unpleasing to you. I want you to be able to speak dreams to me. I feel that prompting right now. I feel like the Lord would want someone to know even right now. He has dreams. He's still trying to speak to you. He has dreams. He still intends to fulfill in your family. I feel some people in this room that used to have, you used to have such a consistent devotion every day with the Lord, but the busyness of time has faded that out. This is your January 2023 call back to a daily devotion with God. I close by saying this with every individual in this room that has began your New Year's resolution and you're pushing some things away from your physical plate, I'm asking you to pull some things on to your spiritual one. Let us as believers be intentional about our daily devotion. How many know if we do, our services will be more powerful? 
our gatherings will, if everyone in this room, if we walk in prayed up, full up on the Holy Ghost, we walk in and we don't have to trudge back in and repent for stuff we should. But we walk in as a body of believers, having been in his presence, and then we come together in a communal fashion.